Two guys. Two topics. Two, two, two. two opinions. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5-1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. Oregon, I thought they were going to pull that one out. I mean, Oregon stood toe-to-toe with Auburn, uh, you know, a top 20 SEC team and should have won. I thought they played well, even though they didn't come out on the right end of it. SC took care of business, although losing the quarterback was not ideal for them. Arizona was surprising. What happened in Hawaii? Hawaii's well coached and, and a lot of offensive firepower. Cal won. Oregon State had a tough one against Oklahoma State. Stanford beat Northwestern. That was a good win for Stanford. I don't know if we know a whole lot more than you know than what we knew prior to the season. I think it's going to take two or three or four weeks before you start to get a feel for where we're at. All right, Coach Witt giving a thorough breakdown on what happened around the rest of the Pac-12 over the weekend. I can tell you right now, the Utes are going to win it. Well, they're certainly going to win the South because the South looks real bad. It does, and they might just win it all. Oregon was disappointing. Yes. They they blew that game with some questionable coaching moves and some, some bad clock management and stuff like that, which... Man, they should because I thought Herbert looked really good in the first half. It looked like he looked like he was dealing, and then Oregon just let him back in the Indeed. game. Indeed, it was weird. It was weird, and I'm telling you right now, I, I, you know, all this talk about how the Pac-12, there's these landmines everywhere, and you got to worry about this team and that team and the team you don't worry about, and that's the one who's going to get you. And I'm telling you right now, there is no freaking reason that you shouldn't win this conference this year. And I, I know, I know, I know, overreactions. I get it. But the Utes are better than what I'm seeing around the league. I would agree. And I don't think it was – everybody's saying it's so catastrophic nationally that Oregon lost. I'm not so convinced of that. I, I don't think it's a good look, mind you. But if somebody goes undefeated through this league or one loss, they're still getting into the playoff, in my opinion, regardless of how the Ducks did this weekend. Well, okay, what's the likelihood that the Ducks are going to go undefeated from this point on? I'm saying if a team yeah, goes through the Pac-12. I hear you. So the likelihood of that, I don't know, maybe it's low. Maybe Mario Cristobal doesn't turn out to be a very good coach and Oregon underachieves. We've seen it before. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, you know, Jacob Eason for, for the Huskies looked better than I thought he was going to look, given that it's a new quarterback and well, he's got you a lot of been, young people you've been around him. the Huskies all along. And they looked pretty good. And I still think people are sleeping on Washington State. No, that might be true. That team's that team. I mean, that team's fun to watch, and I, you know, they beat New Mexico State. Yeah, I mean, right. But still, fifty-eight to seven. But yeah, I get yeah, what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, Leach is just a fantastic football coach. Man. Yeah, no, he's great, and he's got a ton of upperclassmen on his team, and he picked the quarterback. I didn't think he was going to go with, but that quarterback certainly looked really good. Well, I think I would feel confident leaving that decision up to him. Uh, 420 yards and five touchdowns good, by the uh, way. I think that's all right. Is, uh, is what uh, Anthony Gordon did over the weekend. Now, not a great we start for the SEC. Well, Tennessee losing, and we, oh, we'll I get mean, into BYU-Tennessee, yeah, but that, I mean, that was just a, a, a big-time brutal Who loses loss. to Georgia State? A team that was picked last in the Sun Belt, of all things, and uh, only won two games last year. That is unbelievable. That is, um, you know, Josh Parcell, who we really respect, and he knows his football, but he's telling us how Tennessee's all improved this year, and that was ridiculous. Horrible. Yeah, no, I'm not 
not buying that team, and I wasn't uh, before the year started. But the, the thing with the SEC is their top teams still all took care of business. You and I got in a big argument about this last year, about how the SEC is not the monster that everybody thinks it is because it's not a top-to-bottom league. Well, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't argue that point. What was our argument, that Alabama would have a worse record in the Pac-12 than it did, does in the SEC? I can't remember what we argued yesterday. <laughs> I mean, we've had. Well, it really we, stood had, out to me because you were so wrong. Arguments since then, I can't remember that. Uh, no, you remembered it because you thought you were right on that one. Huh? Ole Miss loses fifteen to ten to Memphis, but nobody ever thought Ole Miss is going to do anything. South Carolina loses North Carolina twenty-four to twenty. Nobody thought uh, South Carolina is going to do anything. Tennessee loses to Georgia State. That might be the worst loss in that program's history. But was anybody <laughs> really buying Tennessee as a league champ? I don't think so. And then uh, Wyoming beat uh, Missouri, and I couldn't help but thinking, like, what on earth is Mizzou going doing going to Laramie? Like, how did how did that happen? But uh, would, was anybody think Mizzou was any good? Hey, it's the SEC. I know, which was my point to begin with, that that bugs me, because the, the SEC has... What is Missouri doing at the SEC anyway? It does feel weird, doesn't it? Uh, Texas A&M. It's never regional anymore. Well, whatever. A&M feels weird being in the in the SEC. But, I mean, you know, Georgia hammered Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt Alabama throttled Duke. LSU <laughs> crunched another Georgia directional school. Uh, Georgia Southern, 55-3. to So, I mean, the programs you think should be good looked good back back to my original point i'm telling you right now if you're a youth fan you should be pretty stoked about this opportunity that the youths have um, and they really really have a smooth road in front of them now i'm not saying that you don't have to drive the car i'm not saying you don't have to pay attention i'm not saying you, you don't have to stay in your lane i'm not saying that you don't have to concentrate as you drive but you keep it on the road, you're going to win this thing. Well, USC losing JT Daniels for the remainder of the year, that certainly doesn't help their cause. Uh, as Witt said there, it's not ideal. And, I, I mean, they should easily win the South. But I still think Washington and Washington State are two really good teams. Maybe Washington a little better than I was giving them credit, actually. Yeah, well, but, I and, never, and Utah, well, you're the only one I heard dog, and I'm like, can you dog a dog? I suppose you can. All right. Well, you uh, were, but, and Utah still has to play both those teams. Yeah. And I know missing Stanford and Oregon seems like a good thing on the surface, and missing Oregon probably is going to turn out to benefit the youths, don't get me wrong. But they like playing Stanford. Stanford's a team in the league that will go toe-to-toe with them uh, physically, and they've come out ahead on that one. They're not a team trying to beat the youths with speed, which is what they've historically, and I say historically because we'll see if it turns out to be the case this year, but they've historically struggled with. That Washington State game is at Rice-Eccles. It, it is. It's a good thing for the youths, it is. Well, they've lost there said, before. They are. Well, it's true. It's no guarantee. But I would not want to have to go up there to the Palouse to play that team, you know. No. They're, I covered the youths up there one time, and it was miserable. Didn't enjoy your trip? Oh, it was snow, and it was cold. It was windy. It was... Uh. Where'd you fly into? Spokane? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... So uh, you're glad for personal reasons that they're not playing up there. Uh, no. It's that's okay not, to that's admit. Not, that's that's right. I mean, that didn't even cross my mind. I mean, you'd much rather go to Seattle than, than <laughs> Pullman. I got it. That's fine. It's not much of a choice in my mind either. I'm going to SC in a week and a half or whatever it is. Oh, that's how nice for you. Well, I got someone's got to do it. Got to go cover the game. So, 
Anyway, uh, good news for the Utes. I just I, I know that uh, their performance against BYU was not perfect, and Kyle Whittingham has broken all that stuff down. Believe me, he's aware of every imperfection he saw, and he's going to be harping on it. But but the in, road's open. In his heart of hearts, he must know that he has got probably the fastest car on the track. Why do you, I, I totally agree with you. And why do you think he watched, obviously, every single game and paid attention to it at great detail? Because he wants to see what else is out there because he <laughs> likes his team. And Nothing wrong with that. He likes well, his team. He should. With that defense and with that run game, with Zach Moss, and I mean, I'm telling you, that team is positioned to do some... And do you agree with that? Because, I mean, when we talk to PK about we talk to all the guys who study the Pac-12 all the time, and they talk about all the difficulties along the way. And you got to watch out because you got to go up so-and-so. you got to play so-and-so in this place or that place. And you're looking the other way, you know. And we've seen that with the Utes, especially with teams like Arizona State, you know, where they have gotten uh, – had difficulty, or much more difficulty than maybe they should. But – this team, this U team, not only has the coaching, but I think it has the coordinating to make the right decisions to avoid that kind of thing. And it's got the upper class kind of leadership uh, to avoid it. This team knows what what the possibilities are, and I'd be really surprised if they just went out and laid an egg in route. That's just sort of the, the vibe I'm getting. I don't know. Well, overall, the Pac-12 did not look terrific over the weekend, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing for the Utes. I really don't. Everybody's putting, I think, too much weight on that Oregon-Auburn game. I think still, if Utah does what it's capable of doing, there'll be plenty of opportunity for them in the postseason. So. Yeah. Well, we'll see. And it will come down to Utes don't play Oregon unless they play them in the, in the league right. championship game. So, I mean, Washington, though, Chris Peterson's one heck of a coach. I mean, he knows what he's doing. And you were doubting them pretty – you were on them pretty hard. They turned over a lot of players. And we'll still see how it turns out, by the way. I still like Washington State more than them. But Jacob Easton looked really good. Some people did last year, too, and we saw what happened there. Of course, yeah. that was in a – speaking of snow. Yeah, the weather conditions were a little rough for that, <laughs> that one. Was a weird. Yeah, anyway. All right, Gordon. Uh, we'll, we'll get highlights from Coach Sataki's um, uh, press conference. Did, uh, did Sataki say – well, if that, uh, if that Georgia State can beat them, we can too. No, he took the other way where the, uh, somebody... They're going to be fired up. Right, right. And they're going to be ultra prepared yeah, exactly. and all that. Well, I, you know, I've, I'm not kidding you, man. If Tennessee is vulnerable to Georgia State, they're vulnerable to BYU. They're vulnerable to anybody. I, yeah. I totally agree. I don't think Tennessee is very good. Uh, they did not look very good. Now, if you're Coach Sataki, you can look at it and say, well, they made a lot of mistakes, and we're going to fix our mistakes, so they're going to fix theirs, which is essentially what he said. Yeah, but, but some have more mistakes to fix than others. Right, and I think BYU can score on Tennessee. I think the offense is going gonna, is gonna to certainly have a lot easier time scoring on the balls than they did the Utes. You think the score will be higher than San Diego State uh, against Weber? What was the what ended up being the final? Six to zero. Oof. Two field goals. It's an ugly game. <laughs> defense. Yeah, that's a defensive. That's a defensive battle. But yeah, I mean, I did not watch the Tennessee game, but the second I saw the score, because there's been a lot of people who have thought that that's a game that the Cougars could get. 
I've thought that for a while, absolutely. And, I, and anybody who is even leaning in that direction has to make a, a hard lean now. Yeah, I, I think so. Now, Tennessee, I'm sure, like, uh, I can't believe I'm bringing this up, but years ago I watched James Madison beat Virginia Tech, and that was a, that was a rough loss. And the Hokies came up big time fired up for the next game, and they played a lot better. So, you know, there's a chance of that happening. But uh, I'm uh, certainly unimpressed with what I saw from, yeah. from the Vols. And I think if BYU can uh, put its head on straight and, and run the football with Tyson Williams, I think that will, that will absolutely help a lot. Well, BYU is a decent team. They're a decent team. They're not a great team. Uh, you know, I, I, they have a ways to go as far as amount of talent they have in their program. But for whatever reason, Tennessee is really down. And this is an opportunity to go on the road and get one of those games. It looks like a win over Tennessee, no matter how bad the Vols are this particular year. I think Tennessee is an example, and this this may be uh, what some, some like a program like Utah should appreciate the consistency they've had. But Tennessee was a once great football program that has gone through bad coaching hire after bad coaching hire after bad coaching hire, and it just compounds, and it makes it really difficult to pull out of. I mean, Butch Davis was uh, or was no Butch Jones, excuse me, Butch Davis, not the old North Carolina guy, Butch Jones. That was a disaster. And Lane Kiffin bouncing the way he did, when he did, absolutely a disaster. Jeremy Pruitt, uh, Coach uh, Kalani seems to think highly of him, and I've heard good things, but, I mean, it's not looking good. And a lot of times in places like Tennessee, it's a culture issue and not necessarily a talent issue. Because I I still believe you can get great football players to Tennessee. You should be able to, right? Oh, yeah. So... And you're not getting the most out of those. That that's a coaching culture issue. Once you get the talent, you've got to organize it. That's I mean, yep. you've got to organize it and motivate it. And for whatever reason, I can't imagine. What do you think Peyton Manning's thinking right about now? Maybe I should get out my checkbook. <laughs> What's uh, Pruitt's buyout over there? <laughs> I mean, it's it's horrible. It's, uh, it, but it, Georgia State sucks, folks. I don't know how else to say it. I mean, uh, these are college kids. They're doing the best they can. I get that. But in, in relative terms, uh, BYU is far superior to Georgia State. Which, of course, so is Tennessee. But well, you would, one would think, way. right? Yeah. One would think. But, I mean, it's, it's what we're seeing USC in the middle of a little bit, too, is, is they're going to get talented guys. They're going to get good football players. But if you don't have the right head coach in place to, to get it done, things can tailspin on you. And then if you compound that with another bad hire and another bad hire, it just it spins away. Okay, so let's examine that for a second, Jake, because there are good coaches who go to places at times and it just freaking doesn't work. I'm, I'm wondering if that's the case with Chip Kelly at UCLA. Of course, he wouldn't be the first where that didn't work there. But... I mean, Chip Kelly, did you not think that he was going to be a pretty good coach at UCLA? I did. I mean, you wondered a little bit, but, I mean, he, he knows some football. And he goes there, and the Bruins looked not good the other night. And so I, I don't know. I don't know why sometimes it doesn't it work. But the, the whole complaints I have about paying coaches so much money, and I do complain about that, you know. But here's the thing. They're worth it. They're worth it. If you get a good one, 
chances are really good you're going to be good. Right. But in some cases, you're not. And uh, I wonder about that UCLA situation. And if Pruitt's a good coach, well, okay, he's going to have to prove it there. They got the dude over there at Colorado, and the Buffs had a win uh, in their, in week one. What do they call that? The Rocky Mountain Showdown or something? Oyster eating contest. <laughs> Boy, Mel that's Tucker. A, that's a, that that uh, episode that you had where you had to eat those bull testicles. Where that, you that, that really made me you. do that. Yeah, I remember you and Bowler both. Well, Bowler deserves some of the blame. That's that's why I'm bringing him up. Yeah, Bowler's one of these guys. Teflon. Suddenly, it's all my fault. You weren't he, alone. He was every bit as much into that as I was, forcing you to do that. And what it tastes like when you ate those bull tests? Rubbery. I mean, what was the taste, not the texture? I don't know. You know we had some chef who <laughs> who prepared them <Supposedly>. gourmet <laughs> style and it had like a sauce with it. I don't. I don't remember what it tastes like because I couldn't get over what I was actually eating. Did you feel more like a man afterward? No. No, I just got uh, I just got bullied into eating. Why would I feel like more of a man? <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Was but I? Mel's off to a good but, start at Colorado. Sure. Yeah. And he has a terrific coaching resume, and a lot of people wondered whether he was going to be able to you know, whether that would be no matter how good a coach you are, you step into that situation. It's going to take some time. That's what, I, I mean, it's it's such a whirlwind of resources and where you are in the country and what league you're in. And there's there's so many factors that are up in the air that a good coach with a good, I'll say, formula, mm-hmm. a good approach, a good game plan, whatever yeah. you want to use there, is is worth every every dime that they pay. A man but some of that, Think about what Urban Meyer did when he came to Utah. Think about what Gary Anderson did when he went to yep. Utah State. 100%. And what works one place does not necessarily work another, although Urban's been pretty successful wherever he's gone. But, I mean, the thing with Chip Kelly, and we joked about this last week, but it's really true. So, Chip, you don't have Nike buying all your players for you, and you don't have the coolest uniforms in the uh, on the planet anymore, and you don't have the— Those uniforms are pretty sweet. And you don't have the hot uh, Oregon, you know, kind of cool factor going for you at UCLA. And now what, you, what he is doing down there isn't working— or what he did up there isn't working down there. I mean, at Oregon, you had people lining up out the door to play there. So Chip could, could treat people however he wanted, however he wanted. And if you didn't like it, fine. We'll see you later. And then he took that same approach to the Eagles, and how'd that go? <laughs> Not well. And I, I'm telling you, we saw a different Chip Kelly this year at, at uh, Pac-12 Media. Humbled? Very much so. But how much of that has to do with he was, according to some reports out there, dealing with a, a rebellion. He was dealing with a player revolt. The players didn't like him. So all of a sudden he's going, oh, man, I'm not in Oregon anymore. Or I can't just plug in another four-star guy. Yeah, right. And uh, we're seeing a guy that doesn't know how to deal with it. And he's all of a sudden not as much of a wonderkin because he's not at Oregon. And by the way, that makes Crystal Ball look even worse because he should be balling (laughs) out up there. You're in Oregon. You've got all the advantages. What's the matter with you? Same with Heldon, the USC. Get it together. You almost have to have uh, a sort of uh, a guy like uh, Uncle Phil, don't you? I think I mean, it helps. Even the great John Wooden had Sam, what's his name, out there, you know, writing the checks. It helps a lot. Those yeah. those Miami teams of the, well, 80s and 90s, I suppose. But remember those late 90s, early, like 2000 Miami teams that were just unstoppable? I do. It, with just NFL players at every position? Yeah, I wonder how they got that. 
And then, of course, several and uh, several thirty for thirties on ESPN later. You're like, oh, that's how they did it. So now you think everyone does it. I got it. That's think, how you do you it. You think every program that wins is cheating? There's there's a good chance some stuff. No, I shouldn't I shouldn't paint with a broad brush like that. I suppose I I feel that way more so in college basketball than I do college football. Are you suggesting perhaps that like the fact that the Utes had a million dollar recruiting budget that some of that might have been siphoned a certain? No, way? because you'd have to be a moron to put payoffs on books. <laughs> <laughs> so are you saying when they made that list of all the money that was going into recruiting programs across the country, you think that was just the tip of the iceberg? Probably. Although, uh, well, you know, recruiting services, that's a whole different thing. Because uh, you could put payments on the books to recruiting services, but Lord knows where that's going, right? <laughs> oh, man. I come in here feeling good on a holiday, and now you're you're putting a drag on on enjoying college football and basketball because you know that it's all dirty. So if you want to go along believing that Willie Lyles was paid twenty five <laughs> grand for uh, some like printed out Wikipedia pages and some grainy video, then continue to live in in your own world, I suppose. All right. Are you probably also that guy who thinks that who is the who is the record breaker down in Jamaica, the runner? Oh, you saying Bolt? Usain Bolt. You think he was cheating too? He was firing up those uh, those legs. I don't know. Some I'm kind just of extra <laughs> juice. I'm just suspicious. Always <laughs> suspicious of everything, Gordon. Okay. All right. We'll have more straight ahead on the big show, 97.5 and twelve eighty. The zone.